Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and, in fact, available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe there. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. And I do want to let you know, LinkedIn is part is the college recruiting sponsor across the Locked On Podcast Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis. This is an extra edition of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, and I'm here with the Florida football scout, the very own Locked On recruiting expert, Brian Smith, down here in the muck, ready for some Florida football. How you doing, Brian? Doing well, sir. How about yourself? Pretty good. Pretty good. I figured um, we've talked about the 2024 class over and over again the past couple of weeks, but we need to do a little bit of a preview of the 2023 class that is about to report. It's about nine, 10 days away from camp starting. Um, you down with that? Let's do it, brother. Let's go for it. All right, let's start with what we need to start with, and that is Suntarian Perkins. And this is a dude. This is a five-star plus. I I, I've talked on my show many times that Centarian Perkins has never stepped on a field when he wasn't the best football player on it, and I am including the Under Armour All-American game there. And this kid's just unbelievably special, and it's honestly like don't wreck the Ferrari when it comes to Lane Kiffin, Pete Golding, and Ole Miss. The only question is, where do you play him, and how often do you move him around? Because you could play him on both sides of the ball, and he'd be successful. Running back. H back, outside linebacker, middle linebacker, edge. What do you want him to do? He can go do it. Yeah, if you want him to be, he could essentially be Harold Perkins. You could do what LSU did with Harold Perkins last year. That is a great comparison. Yeah. I, I mean, size, I mean, they're almost identical coming out of high school. It's really not much difference. Why not? And let's be honest, you could never have enough pass rushers and edge guys in the SEC anyway. And they just, LSU, I'll give them credit. They gave Perkins a little more responsibility this year. They're putting him at backer instead of edge. Perkins might do a little both and figure it out based on what the team needs are. But I bet you he plays both this year just to keep teams off balance. And he's not going to be off the field a whole lot by the end of the season. Yeah, I figure Harold Perkins is going to be a matchup type situation. Yes, sir. If if you play an offensive line where that right tackle is a little bit slow off the ball, which isn't Uh-oh. really a thing in the <laughs> SEC, they're gonna they're going to line number forty right up on that guy. <laughs> good luck if that's the case. <laughs> it's not going to be a good evening in the SEC, brother. That's bad news bears right there. Yeah. But yeah, I love Centarian Perkins. He's the person that I expect. I think he's slotted in, previewed at like Will linebacker, but I do expect him to move a lot around to where he's even going to play some edge, some jack type position, and play out in that hybrid star or husky position as well. Yep. Why wouldn't you? Again, if a kid has the capabilities that he's already shown for multiple years at the prep level, it's, you know, you can never really say for sure what he's going to be able to handle with the playbook but you at least got to try him at these spots and he'll figure it out in multiple multiple ways and i'm really interested on nickel and dime package where does he come off the edge on that does he loop around is he how much does he pick up stunts and different things it is endless and that's why football is fun yeah and and you have a situation with Ole Miss and we'll talk about it a little bit later but Ole Miss hasn't a chance to do a NASCAR try pass rush package to where Suntarian could be lining up as an end. You move like an Isaac Ukwu and Cedric Johnson inside, have another end that you're recruiting out there, and you just, I, 
for lack of a better term, just rain it down uh, on the opposing team's quarterback. If you're getting third and six in the SEC in general, it's not good. Even if it's mm-hmm. Vandy you're going against, they probably have somebody. But Ole Miss and, and teams like Auburn are starting to come back around, et cetera. Yeah, you're in trouble. If Ole Miss is able to rush the passer well, that also brings up something I want to ask you. Obviously, Kiffin knows offense. That's not mm-hmm. a newsflash. If they're able to get up on teams early in the game, do you think the pass rush can be really impactful early in the game before the opposing teams are getting wore out? Or is it going to take a little bit longer for Ole Miss? Well, yes, I think it can. I think one of their better pass rushers is Cedric Johnson. He was at SEC Media yeah. Days this past couple of days. But he was injured most of last season. He's back 100% ready. If he can stay healthy, him with Isaac Ukwu, the transfer in from James Madison, and right. Jared Ivey, that's three defensive ends that can get after you. And they've wreaked havoc on the SEC at times last year. So with them having a three-man group that can give each other breaks, I think they have a chance to be more fresh at the end of the games than even the other team. So if they can be effective early in the game, which I think they can, they can even be more effective at the end because they're going to be fresher in who they're playing. And if they use Suntarian in that type situation, the the pass rush could be interesting. I expect J.J. Pegues almost hasn't played with a three technique in two years. J.J. Pegues is a perfect fit for a three technique that we remember. And he is so athletic, I think they're going to cause double teams in the middle of the field, and you're going to see those outside pass rushers like Ukwu and Johnson kind of get some single pass rush opportunities. If you can do that, it changes your defense. If you don't have an interior guy at the SEC level that's able to get after the quarterback or push the pocket, you're probably not going to finish in the upper half. I mean, that's not a a newsflash there either. The SEC West in particular is infamous for having big, big, big guys in the middle. And some of them get after quarterback. If you're talking about a kid that's a true three-tech that can get up the field, be a one-gap guy, then you're going to have a lot of fun. Again, Perkins and those guys are just going to benefit. Some of the other linebackers will probably get some sacks too. That, that's a great way to change your defense, man. Just one guy that's a wrecking ball at three-tech? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Pair him with a Josh Harris, the transfer in from NC State. That's going. He's 340 pounds. You're going to have to double-team him at the nose. If you're dealing with the interior of that defensive line with multiple offensive linemen, those ends can cook, man. That's that's how you have to do it. And, I mean, if you look at Alabama and Georgia the last, I don't even know how many years, their recipe's pretty bold. You know, we're always going to have the better interior D-line than you, and you have to double us. But they keep doing it. Uh, looks like Lane Kiffin's trying to accommodate the same game plan. Yeah, seriously. Now, let's change sides of the ball with Aiden Williams. I love Aiden. When I, I went to the Under Armour All-American game and watched him practice, and he was one of the better route runners on the field, had unbelievably smooth hands, and was a natural catcher of the ball. Some receivers like to fight the ball. He has nice hands and can receive it pretty well. What do you think about Aiden Williams? Very competitive. I've known him for a couple of years. Saw him at multiple Under Armors. I've seen him in the Under Armour game. I've seen him in uh, probably a half dozen different seven-on-seven events. He always likes going against the other team's best guy. It's just naturally competitive. So that was the first thing I noticed about him, even when he was an underclassman. The other thing about him is he's clutch. He's a third down kind of guy, and he likes to go up top. He's not a burner burner, but he's got good size, and he's really strong. I think he's going to be an impact guy, and he'll be in the rotation rather quickly. 
Yeah, and, and the quarterback problem, the thing that people don't understand about all-star games is quarterback play is usually a problem. The timing and the work is just not there. And there was one play in the Under Armour All-American game when Aiden Williams was lined up on Kamani McLean, who is one of the best defensive backs in high school football. He's out at Colorado. Aiden just absolutely cooked him. He got overthrown by 10 yards, but he absolutely I, cooked him. Yeah, I uh, actually filmed that play. It was a double move if it's the one I'm thinking of. But, yeah, yeah Aiden's got some route running to him already, which, you know, most kids coming out of high school, they get away with this God-given ability. Aiden has been coached a little bit, and he's taken to it. He's going to come in and have a little bit more skill than some guys, his own size and talent. And that's another reason that I think in Kiffin's system, which let's be honest, again, he's as good a play caller as there is in college football. You combine him and some of those other receivers with the running game they have at Ole Miss, the the RPO game and the whole whole deal, Ole Miss should be in contention for the top offense in the SEC. Yes, absolutely. And then you look um, at, let's see, Kedra Criscano, MVP of the Polynesian Bowl. And this is a weird all-star game, you know. It's not the Under Armour game. It's not the what it used to be the Army Bowl because the Army Bowl is something else right. now. Uh, but you have a situation with the Polynesian Bowl as kids have figured out that, hey, we can play in that game too and get a free trip to Hawaii. That's what I told some of my kids, the kids I know. I'm like, why wouldn't you go to that game? Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and so you're seeing kids like um, Nico Imaleva playing yeah. in multiple games and that because he wanted the free trip. Well, Kedra Criscano, his one all-star game was that Polynesian Bowl. But my Smart point is, man. <laughs> yeah, good good players are going to that game. This kid rushed for 100 yards in an all-star game, which doesn't happen very often. Whenever you do, no. your eyes need to perk up a little bit. And he he kind of he kind of looked like Lane Kiffin has a type with running backs. That that's all I'm saying. I think he's a kid that will get playing time. Obviously, they're loaded at running back. Mm. How much and exactly how? It's probably number one how he blocks. You know, you don't want your quarterback getting smashed. And number two, just who stays healthy. It's going to be interesting to see how Lane rotates, guys. They, they have a certain young man that's going to be a sophomore that's pretty good at running back, though. Might be the best running back in the country. You could make that argument. Yeah, um, Quinshawn was pretty much the star of SEC Media Days on Thursday. And, it, I, mean, I mean, he just oozes charisma. And it's like, okay, this guy is going to make $50 million in the NFL. He, if he could turn pro after this year legally, I mean, you got to be three years removed. Mm. I'd be okay with it. I mean, it's not very often that I say that, but he's maturity, size, talent, proven, all those things. I mean, he, by the end of this past season, he was about as good a running back as there was in the Southeastern Conference as a true freshman. That's insane. But, I mean, at the end of the year, you knew who was getting the ball, and he still made something happen. That, that's not very normal in the SEC West. Yeah, Greg McElroy was talking about how he had a chance at a 2,000-yard season, and I disagree with that. Um, I think Quinshawn Judkins – Yeah, that's a <laughs> that's lot of yards. Uh, I, th I think it's a possibility that the yards go down a little bit to where Quinshawn has 1,200 yards rushing, but he's actually a more effective back, less carries, and more all-purpose yards. Well, I think you've got to throw him the ball on screens and short passes a little more. Let some of the other running backs eat a little bit and keep him from getting beat up, especially. But it's just the way it is. LSU and Alabama, those two games, he needs to get maybe an extra five carries or touches, a punt return, a reverse, a script, whatever the hell it is Lane wants to call, give it to that guy. I want my best player to have the ball one-on-one -on -one with your guy, like him and Harold Perkins in the flat. 
that's what the SEC should be about. Mm-hmm. And it, well, it probably will be based on Harold moving the linebacker. That, that'll be as good a one-on-one matchup as there is in college football this year. Literally. I mean, it, you can't get a better skill position kind of deal. And I know Harold is going to be linebacker this year, but he's a skill guy too. Man, him and Jack, that's, that's pretty good stuff. Yeah, let's look at some other players on Ole Miss's freshman class that we need to pay attention to a little bit. Caden Lee, this is a wide receiver that you know a little bit about, a slot receiver out of Georgia. He was, a, if I remember correctly, he's not necessarily a late add to the Ole Miss class, but he was kind of at the end of the day after everybody had, had been done. Um, what, what? Tell me about this player. Elite intelligence, elite work ethic and a phenomenal route runner. Not a good one. Like, he is college-ready route runner. He is trained forever to run routes, and he will smoke guys that are ranked higher all the time. He's played for top-notch teams in the seven-on-seven circuit, including uh, Cam Newton's, and just dominated. So when he goes out to make a play, and you see this little guy kind of trotting out on the field, like, who's that? Trust me. He can play slot. He can play outside. Doesn't matter. Reverses. Really quick, but most importantly, he'll turn guys around with his route running. Great kid, too. For like he's elite student the whole nine. He's he's a great kid. All right. And let's look at two players in the from the state of Florida that kind of popped up at the end. This is a late signing day situation. Um, DJ Holmes, who some weird stuff has happened beyond that, but let's just talk about him as the player at the moment. And let's talk about Chamberlain Campbell. Start with Campbell. What type of player? Do you see him being what? What do you think his ceiling would be, and and should Ole Miss fans take note of the fact that he was a late signee, than an early signee? Well, there, there's a couple of things. Number one, I, I've lived in the greater Tampa to Central Florida area for about seven years, and there's no doubt about it. If you're talking about St. Petersburg, it's Lakewood High School. They have the majority of the great players, the Illinois defensive lineman that might be national defensive player of the year. That's at that high school, etc. They always have talent, and he's a kind of a late bloomer. He's long and lean, 6'5 plus, 210, needs to add weight, but he has great athleticism, and his length is ridiculous. He's what you're looking for as a redshirt freshman to make some moves, and as a redshirt sophomore, he's your guy at the edge. He fits the profile. You can't teach the length. You can't teach the height. Now it's just about developing him. Uh, DJ Holmes on the other side is a kid that had like 28 or 29 sacks as like a junior and senior. He's not the tallest kid, but he's just super explosive. First step, getting around the corner, dip, and he's got some really good pass rush moves. He's from Pahokee. They've had a gazillion players out of that program that's went to Miami, Florida, Florida State. And I, I think he'll be a successful player, but totally different body structure. 6'1 and a half, 6'2, 230, very athletic. Got some serious power. All right, let's close it out with this one. I'm a late signee to Ole Miss's class, reclassification, quarterback Austin Simmons, also out of Pahokee last year, although he was like, was it Moore's Station or something like that? Where well, he was going to be? He was transferring to Moore Haven, but yeah, it never Moorhaven. got that far. Um, he threw for a gazillion yards last year at Pahokee, the same school that DJ's from. And he's a super smart kid, like literally five point something GPA, graduated high school with. Uh, associate's degree in college, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Nice kid, very intelligent, uh, throws 93, 94 miles an hour off the pitching mound to give you an idea if he's got arm strength. That's not in question. And above all else, he's just got a natural throwing motion to play football. 
he could have went first, second round in the MLB draft probably if he'd have waited out and went through high school. He'd have been – second round's probably not doing him service. The kid just wants to play football, and he wants to be challenged. Wayne Kiffin's offense is certainly challenging. So it'll be interesting to see what he does because he's he can run RPO, he can throw deep and all that, and he's a rhythm passer. I think he's got a chance to compete, but, I mean, as, as you know – that's a loaded quarterback room. So I have no idea like what's going to go on and, and do note for anybody that didn't know this. He's 2025 in terms of when he should have graduated. He skipped two classes. I don't think any player in the history of football has done that. If no. there is, I'm unaware. I, no. So well, again, he he's super intelligent. Like it's off the charts, but he's probably going to need more of an adjustment off the gridiron than on. The, the football stuff and the acumen, he'll figure that out with Lane. He's just got to adjust to being up there in Oxford, and he'll be okay. So um, let's do comps a little bit on Austin Simmons. And I've seen this article, and I don't know if it's what, that he wears number 13 and he's left-handed, and that's the reason they're being oh, la- lazy. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think that's probably how they got there. But what quarterback would you compare him to? There's a gazillion rhythm passers that you could go with. Um I know he was right-handed, but he was super consistent. It's a guy I know because he's at IMG now. Jeff Blake that played with the Bengals for a long time, he just made all the right plays, and he was always ahead of you in mental preparation. I've talked to him about it personally. I've seen him speak about it. That fits Austin to a T. And if you can be a 14-, 15-year NFL player, obviously you're pretty good, and Jeff was 15. So I think that it's pretty easy to look at him and a lot of guys that can just Somewhat move the pocket, keep the play alive. There's a lot of those guys. But his accuracy on the deep ball and the play action stuff, the big chunk plays, are what have separated him from a lot of other underclassmen that were going to be in the 25 class. But obviously, again, he's he's now in 23 and he's at Ole Miss, so he escalated the process a little bit. All right, let's play the hypothetical game real quick before I let you out of here. Austin Simmons and Walker Howard. Let's say Jackson Dart has a big year and goes pro, and the competition is between Walker Howard and Austin Simmons for the next season. Who do you got? I would, just, I would take Howard because he's been on the playbook longer. But, I mean, that's that's a big deal in football. But, I mean, Simmons is just so intelligent, I wouldn't count him out. He's he's different. I don't know Walker. I do. I did love his film out of high school. But man, that's a that's a tough deal to beat a kid out that you're, well, I guess, three years younger. Really, I mean, two and a half, something like that. If he did it, think about that. He would technically be starting when he should have been a senior in high school. That's yeah. that's pretty impressive. That's nuts. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Almost podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So subscribe there. We appreciate it. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This this broadcast, like all Brian Smith broadcasts, is brought to you by LinkedIn. It is our college recruiting sponsor as well. So anyway, Brian, thank you very much for stopping by. We'll see you next week, man.